Hello and welcome to Kraken Crime. I'm your host, Jamie Tilson. I'm here again with my son, Jacob Tilson. That was him saying hello. I'd like to thank everybody for <laughs> tuning in. I really appreciate the views, the downloads, everything that we've had. It's been awesome. So we'd like you guys to keep helping us grow this. Um, go to our Facebook, go to the Twitter, um, like the sh posts, share the posts, right? Comment, send us some stories that you guys want to hear. You actually use the Twitter in a good phrase for once. <laughs> it's the Twitter. Yeah. It's on the interwebs, man. <laughs> I know. It's crazy talk. But we really have. We, we've been appreciating everybody that's been tuning in. It's been great. Yeah. Yeah. I've been liking it. We're been, we've been having a good time anyway. You guys have been listening to us. We've been having a good time. Mm -hmm. And I would like everybody to remember, this is a comedy slash true crime podcast. So, we crack a lot of jokes. Hence the cracking crime. Yeah. So, we're going to tell you some crime stories, but we're going to do it with some lightheartedness. And uh, we hope you guys have fun. Our idea for the whole thing is, like, you guys just sitting here with us, and we're telling some stories, and we're making fun of some stuff. It's a good time. And this is my first episode. That's right. Full. Jacob talked himself into a full-blown episode. So we're excited. It took two hours. <laughs> I don't. We're not. We're not doing four. Like two hours. That's not happening. No, it t only took two hours of convincing. Oh, two hours of convincing. <laughs> no, it really didn't. Seth has been out sick this week. So we've been a little bit behind on getting some episodes and some stuff out. So we thought we'd throw out another episode. And we hope that you guys enjoy it. Yeah. And then Seth and I are getting together in a couple of days. And we're going to be putting out a really, really good story. I'm excited about it. I've been doing a lot of research for it uh, to make sure that all my facts are, like, accurate. And I'll put together. Alrighty then. Alrighty then. So I put together something kind of quick, um, but we could, th this literally could be like a three episode deal, um, but I'm not going to go that in depth with all of it. Okay. <clears throat> I want all the detail. I'm going to give you as much details about the actual crime as I can find quickly. All right. And then you're just not going to tell me them. I am going to tell you them. <laughs> There'd be no point. <laughs> no, I'm definitely telling you about them. I'm definitely telling you about them. All right. Today I'm talking about Alcatraz. Have you heard of Alcatraz? Mm -hmm. I have a classmate that says about it a lot, actually. Oh, yeah? It's Tristan. Oh, Tristan? Yeah. He likes Alcatraz, does he? Yeah. Not the one you know, but another one. <laughs> well, we're talking about Alcatraz Island, okay? I've always liked it. I lived in California as a kid for a little while, and I remember driving across the Oakland Bay Bridge, 
and seeing Alcatraz in the San Francisco Bay. And I've always wanted to go there. I haven't gone there yet. I can't wait to go to Alcatraz. Oh, man. I I really want to go to Alcatraz. I know I'm that... going to be there when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was little and we were driving past it, my dad told me that they had quit doing tours. So I don't know if that's true. But it was deteriorating, so you could take a fi- like one of the ferry boats out, and then you could r- go around the island, but you couldn't visit the island. But now guess the that's island good for you. What's that? Let me guess. That's good enough for you. No, we never did it. No, I could see the island from the bridge. So just taking one of the boats out and going around it wasn't good enough for me. I wanted to go to the island, but we and had it the wasn't pontoon. an option. What? We had the pontoon, didn't we? Well, we're not taking the pontoon boat out on uh, the San Francisco Bay. They would see us so chill, like. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think we'd fare that well. We'd end up having to swim, and uh, as you'll hear, the waters really aren't that good for swimming. Yeah, it's cold in the bay. Yeah, I've swam in cold water before. It's just coldness. Yeah, but it's like. Uh, 1.25 miles offshore from San Francisco. So it'd be over a mile swim in case we, you know, like went down. Never swim a mile before that? Nope. Just need to get swimming lessons then. <laughs> okay, so the the Alcatraz Island is completely open now, right? So you can go there and they give you like headphones. You can wander around the island. They basically have boats that come out there all day long. It's like 15 minutes or 30 minute increments. You just get a ride out there. You spend the day walking around the island. You can, I think they give you like a little card and it tells you like who you would be. And then that person's talking to you through your headphones as you're walking around through the island and all that stuff throughout the day. It seems so awesome. I want to do it so bad. If it takes you an hour, then you could just catch another boat take it back to shore, done. If it takes you six hours, then it takes you six hours. And then you just grab a boat because the boats come in those like 15 or 30 minute increments to pick people up or drop them off. If it takes you six hours, then you have a problem. Maybe. Yeah, but maybe not. Maybe you decide you're going to spend the whole entire day there and to heck with it. At that point, I would think you were just possessed by a ghost. Six <laughs> hours. Possibly. I just wanted to escape. <laughs> and I'm in this nether dude's body. Just living his life. <laughs> Alright, so the island was developed in the mid-19th century with facilities for a lighthouse. And then military fortification, and then it became a military prison. In 1934, it was converted to a federal prison. And that's when it became known as the Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary. Because the strong currents <clears throat> around the island and cold water temperatures made escape nearly impossible, and the prison became one of the most notorious in American history. And then it eventually closed in 1963. Then there was some other stuff. Apparently, some Native Americans occupied the island for 19 months as a protest um, from 1969 um, through most of the 70s. And then in 72, was Trent. Alcatraz was transferred to the Department of Interior to become part of the Golden Gate National Recreation Area. Um, 
And then it was designated as a National Historical Landmark in 1986. So this is some of the history behind the island, just to kind of give you a quick idea. Did they have protests back then, too? Yeah, it's happened all throughout United uh, States like history. the vegan dude. teacher. What's that? Like the vegan teacher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eating food's wrong. <laughs> Eating meat is wrong. Not food. Right. Just You eat, eat it all yours. Yeah, oh, you eat food? We don't eat food. <laughs> we drink plants. <laughs> okay. So, back in the day, Alcatraz was considered that there'd be no way that you can escape from it, right? So all of the people that had escaped from prisons throughout the United States, and so the worst of the worst, or the ones that they couldn't house, would go to Alcatraz. And then once at Alcatraz, it was like they could never get out of Alcatraz, right? Because even if they were able to get, you know, dig through the concrete walls, then they'd have to go over the fences. And if they made it over the fences and actually made it down to the shoreline, well, now they're in shark-infested waters. They're over a mile off of San Francisco Bay um, or San Francisco Inland. So they have to swim at least a mile after they've gone through all of this stuff, right? Like guards were living there. They had facilities. Did you already forget that you said shark-infested waters? No, I didn't forget that. I'm telling you why it was seemed that nobody could escape from Alcatraz. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> casually, you have to swim one mile. It's right, but the water's shark. freezing cold. There's sharks in the water, or potentially sharks in the water. Nobody you know, knows to this all of the elements, there's, there's really bad currents, so you're swimming against the currents. Like... It, it's pretty impossible to swim it. I, there have been people that have swam it, but they've had boats next to them and stuff like that. But there are people that have gone out and tested it to see if they can do it. But they've prepared for it. You know, they've they, again, they've had people with them just in case something failed. And then they then they would pick them up, you know, just jump back onto a boat or something like that. But people have successfully swam it. So there is that. Okay. So basically, like everything, somebody's done it before. Right. Yeah. It's like it's it's impossible, but it's just. I mean, that's the Joe Nichols song, dude. The impossible. We love that song. You already know this. Oh, right. What's his name again? Jack. Right. What? The impossible. I just said Jack Nichols. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had the name right in my head. Jack Nichols. Yeah. And then I, I, I stopped paying attention for one second. A bug came up to me and I was just trying to smack it. <laughs> then you said his name and I was like, oh, is the impossible to that Jack? And you were just giving me this death stare and I'm just like... <laughs> like what? what I, I couldn't figure out what you were talking about. I was very confused there for a second. Yeah, I got the name right. I was like... Pretty sure his name is Jack Nichols, but I don't know if his last name's for sure. And you're just like <laughs> giving me this weird stare, and I'm just so confused, being like, "Oh shoot, I got his first name wrong too." <laughs> All right, let's talk about the escape. Because again, 
this place is inescapable, right? There's no way that you can escape. And then three guys do it. So, but I'm going to tell you about it. It's crazy. And again, there's other podcasts out there. They do it for hours. We could go through this and we could talk about a whole bunch of stuff. I'm running through it kind of quick. All right. If you guys want to hear this in a longer, more, way more detailed story, then uh, we'll redo it. That's fine. I got no problems redoing stuff. Right? We'll resubmit. But for right now, we're doing it quick. All right. All right. So Frank Morris, he arrives at Alcatraz in January of 1960 um, after convictions for bank robbery, burglary, and other crimes, and repeated attempts to escape various prisons. Later that year, a convict by the name of John England was sent to Alcatraz, followed by his brother Clarence England. What, did they both do something? To end up in prison? Yes. Yeah, they did. What did they do? Um, It says all three knew each other from previous stints in prisons. Prison. Prison. (laughs) So they were assigned to adjoining cells. They began hatching a plan to escape. Morris, known for his intelligence, took the lead in planning. They were aided by another inmate, Alan West. Is that... uh, What's his name? Are you thinking of Batman? That's Adam West, not Alan West. I was was like, is that... that (laughs) I don't think it... No relation. I don't think it's his uncle. Over here. Yeah, Mayor West. <laughs> all right, so the morning they find them missing. All right. So on June 12, 1962, they were doing a uh, routine morning bed check. Three convicts were not in their cells. John England, his brother Clarence, and Frank Morris were gone. In their beds were cleverly built dummy heads made of plaster flesh-toned paint, and real human hair that apparently fooled the night guards. The prison goes into a lockdown. They begin an intensive search. Just casually pulled out their hair. Actually, from what I remember about this was they would like, when people got their haircuts at the barber shop in the prison, they would scoop some of it up. And then they would save it. Or if they got a haircut, they would save the clippings. And then they would glue it onto their little dummy heads. Wait, but I thought they had like one day of barberness. No, uh, they. I mean, they just live inside this prison. So if they get their hair cut on a Wednesday, because that's haircut day, then they go down to the barber and then they get their hair cut. And then they have little jobs throughout the prison and stuff like that. I mean, it's... I thought it would be like monthly, just like every month one dude comes and have to drive... Up to Alcatraz and just... But you can't drive up to Alcatraz. You'd have to take a boat out to Alcatraz. Same thing. <laughs> Land vehicles and water vehicles. Same thing. <laughs> okay. So they had began laying plans the previous December um, when one of them came across some old saw blades in the prison. So he, he grabs them. So they used crude tools. Um, They had a homemade drill made from a motor of a broken vacuum cleaner. Um, It says the plotters each loosened the air vents at the back of their cells, 
by painstakingly drilling closely spaced holes around the cover so the entire section of the wall could be removed. Um, once through, they hid the holes with whatever they could, suitcase, cardboard, etc. So behind the cells was a common unguarded utility corridor that was between the cells, right? So there was this open space, dead space, that you'd get all tall of like the plumbing, the sewers, all of that stuff behind the air duct. So they get a hole big enough in the air duct that they're able to go in there. Well, now once they're in there, now they got to go up a few stories and then they got to pop out on the roof of the Alcatraz. Okay? So they start off by drilling the holes in the back of their air vents. Okay? They make it to where it's removable. So now they can get into that corridor, but they can't be in there working and then going up and trying to get through up onto the roof because the night guards come by are doing checks all the time. So it's got to look like they're laying in their beds. So they made little dummy heads out of like clay and plaster and all this stuff and the real human hair. They You've painted it. This. I know. This is what they found. But I'm saying that's what they were using it for. So they placed these dummy heads in, but it wasn't just the one night. It was months that they were using these dummy heads. So the, they would pull the covers up over the head, so then the human hair was sticking out of it, and the guards would just look and be like, yep, he's still laying in his bed. They checked the next two cells. Those guys are laying in their beds. But actually, they're in the air vents. They're in that corridor behind the cells, and they're trying and they're planning all their escape. So anyways, um, they made their way down this corridor, climbed to the roof of their cell um, inside the building where they set up a secret workshop up there. They were taking turns, keeping watch for the guards in the evening before the last count. They used a variety of stolen and donated materials to build and hide what they needed up there in this corridor, right? So they had more than 50 raincoats that they had stolen or gathered or makeshift whatever, right? But they had all these life jackets or raincoats that they were going to use to make life preservers and a 6 by 14 foot rubber raft that seems carefully stitched together and vulcanized by hot steam pipes in the prison. Um, This is some escapist level things. uh, I'm telling you. They also built wooden paddles and converted a musical instrument into a tool to inflate the raft. At the same time, they were looking for a way out of the building. The ceiling was a good 30 feet tall, but using the network of pipes, they climbed up and eventually pried open the ventilator at the top of the shaft. They kept it in place temporarily by fashioning a fake bolt made out of soap. So they had cut the bolts, but they made little soap bolts and they put them up in there so they look just in case this was ever located. It looked as if there were still bolts in there because they were doing all this fake stuff. Yeah, soap and metal look the same. Trust me. It looks pretty good. They had nothing else to do. I mean, for months and months, they were they were doing all of this. Every single night. And then, finally, on June 11th, they were ready to go. On that morning, though, Mayor West... <laughs> 
He did not have his ventilator grill completely removed, so they just left him behind. So he was helping him this whole entire time as the fourth guy. But then on the morning of it, he couldn't get his ventilator um, grill out from the back of his cell. He couldn't fit through. So the guys left him. So he didn't get a go. But the three others got into the corridor, gathered their gear, climbed up, out through the ventilator, and got out on the prison roof. Then... They shimmied down the bakery smokestack at the rear of the cell house, climbed over the fence, and snuck to the northeast shore of the island, and that's where they launched their raft. They just had a raft sitting there? What's that? Did they have to like make the raft? It took months. Well, they, they had made the raft out of raincoats. Oh. Yeah. That's what the raincoats were for. That's what the raincoats were all for. They had life preservers and this big raft that they were able to air it up because they makeshift all this stuff and they had air in it and everything. Nobody knows what happened to them. What? You just gave me all this backstory. Exactly. This is the mystery. They escaped. They successfully left the island. But they've never been found. Nobody knows anything about them. They have no idea whether they... Died in the bay, made it to shore, n- no clue, just gone. This is like the Dan Cooper thing. Yes, D.B. Cooper. I so want to do a story, like an actual legit long story. This one I could have done. I, I love the Escape from Alcatraz story. It's fantastic. Um, but the, the, nobody knows. So did they make it across the bay? Did they go to Angel Island? And then it crossed to Raccoon Strait into Marin County as planned? Or did the wind and waves get the better of them? Next year, I have like kids being like, yeah, they survived. No, so people do come out of the woodwork all the time. And they say this guy was Frank Morrison. or and But no My father was. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, people pop up and say, oh, yeah, yeah, my dad was Frank Morrison or this and that. And, but. They've never been able to prove that it was or wasn't. And nobody's admitted that it was them. They've just, it's a mystery story, man. They disappeared and they've never been located. They did find pieces and parts. Like they found raincoats on, uh, I can't remember which bay. Um, It says crossing the bay. Yes, youngsters have made the more than mile long swim from Alcatraz to Angel Island. But the strong currents and frigid bay water the odds were clearly against them that night. Um, it says three if by land, according to our prison informant, was to steal clothes and a car once on land. But we never uncovered any thefts like this despite the high-profile nature of the case. If the escapees had help, we couldn't substantiate it. The families appeared unlikely to have the financial means to provide any real support For the 17 years we worked on the case, no credible evidence emerged to suggest the men were still alive. And that's from the FBI. The FBI officially closed this case December 31st, 1979 and turned over responsibility to the U.S. Marshals Service, which continues to investigate in the unlikely event the trio is still alive. Crazy. 
Absolutely they have crazy. found zero bodies. They didn't find the bodies? They found a little bit of the, like I said, the raft. Some of that stuff was located. They can't just analyze the shark feces and look for the bodies. <laughs> I don't think there is any way that that is happening. At all. And just be like Batman and T-scan it. <laughs> Or I should be saying like Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty. Okay. What? That he actually does it in an episode. He does what? He like scans a piece of poop and then he finds out who actually crapped it out. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's He's a shy crazy. pooper. So he went and killed the guy. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. All right, man. Well, that's all I've got. Um, I got this story. Um, most of what I just told to you guys was from the FBI.gov on the Alcatraz escape. They got some cool pictures of Alcatraz, some cool pictures of the actual stuff used in the case. Um, Frank Morris, Clarence England, and John England all have pictures on the, on the page. Uh, they got a picture of one of the life vests made by the inmates. I mean, it's it's pretty neat. All of the official pictures from the escape are on that site. It's pretty neat. Also, there's a movie with uh, Clint Eastwood. It was very good, very very good. It was called Everything The Escape. With Clint Eastwood. Is really oh yeah, good. Clint Eastwood's the man. Yeah, absolutely. The movie was made in 1979, so it's a younger Clint Eastwood. And he plays Frank Morrison in the movie. It's very good. I mean, I watched it a bunch of times as a kid. So, go check that out. Watch more details of how they did it. Wait, was it a Western? <laughs> no. How could it be a what? So, he just, like, <laughs> he plays a cowboy, Frank Morrison. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Nope, see nope. You, we're going to escape. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. How'd you sneak a revolver in here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's just old Frank. He's just walking around with his revolvers on. Yeah, we don't know how, how he can't get out. Yeah, they don't give him any bullets. That's how. Yeah. Just got the revolvers. <laughs> just wearing cowboy boots in the middle of the jail cell. <laughs> literally he's just like wearing jeans and boots and then he's literally just got like an orange jacket on yeah always <laughs> oh, says one of his famous um, lines from his movie like go ahead make my day yeah other inmates aren't even getting the reference they're like why is he always saying that to us it's crazy <laughs> it's like outside of the prison hits literally just uh, sand from a desert instead of like an actual island. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Hope you guys like this story or the way that we told it. If you guys want to hear a story told by us, again, go to our social media, like us, share us comment 
I'd like to read comments at the beginning of the episode. So if you guys want to leave us some comments, we will read them at the beginning of the episodes. And uh, that's it. I like just shutting it off when we're done. You got anything to add? This was my first full episode. This was your first full storytelling episode. And then I'm going to become a feature in a film one day. (laughs) Is that your ongoing thing is the feature film? I talked about a feature film. The feature film is called Escape from Alcatraz. The title of this is The Escape from Alcatraz. (laughs) The Western. The Western. All right, I'm adding that now at the end of it. This is The Escape from Alcatraz, the Western. Hope you guys liked it. We'll be back with you here in a couple of days when Seth is feeling a little bit better. We're going to get back on a normal schedule, get some stuff put out. So thank you, guys. Tune in next week. Bye.